of the Lord with you. Would you just give him a good God bless you as he comes tonight. Come on, give God a bigger hand clap tonight. tonight. Come on. Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? Amen. More importantly than just being saved, aren't you glad you're making the devil nervous? <laughs> Amen. I like that song. It says, my hope is in you. The Bible says that some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. And how you know when you begin to put your hope in other things other than God, it will let you down. But when you begin to allow your hope just to be in him and him alone, how many you know he'll never let you down? You may let him down, but how many know he'll never let you down? Amen. God is so good to us tonight. It's such an honor to be here tonight to stand in, 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 the, in the pulpit of Tabernacle Praise. Uh, it's never uh, something to take lightly in any pulpit. But there are some pulpits that you know the capacity in which you stand in, and, and, and you don't take it lightly. And it's, it's an honor to stand here tonight with you. It's an honor to serve with you. I believe that God has great, great things for the Tabernacle Praise. Amen. I mean, the Bible says he will do exceedingly abundantly anything that you can ever ask or think. So anything that we have in mind that God is going to do in the vision, how you know it's going to be exceedingly abundantly above even what we're going to begin to see? I believe that we're not going to just take this region, but we're going to affect other regions around us. Amen. I believe we're just not going to touch regions, but we're going to touch the nations. Amen. Amen. Come on, say that a little bit louder. Say amen. Amen. For the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Keeping the Dream Alive. Keeping the Dream Alive. And I want to kind of stay in that course. I don't know how much I'll preach. I, I, I don't know. But I, I believe that God gave me something that uh, will bear, be very beneficial to your life in any area. Anything that you've got a dream over. Anything that you've had a promise over. Anything that you've had a hope over. God, I believe that. How many know that the Bible says that he is not a man that he can lie, but every word that he spoke will not return it to him void, but he will fulfill the thing that he set it out to do. And how many know his words carry action? Yeah. When a king speaks, it carries action. When, when a king speaks, it has to fulfill everything that he has done. And how do you know he's not just any king, but he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And when God speaks a promise over top of your life, how do you know he will fulfill the thing? Despite the situation, despite the condition, despite the day, despite the year that you're going through, God will fulfill the promise that is over top of your life. And, and how do you know, sometimes we've just got to get down deep and just get into a prayer closet and begin to stir up the dreams that are within us. It's a sad day that when we begin to lose hope over top of our dreams. Uh, that's when we become stuck in life. But you've got to get to the place where you've got to say, God, stir up this dream that is within me. That when, when it feels like man is killing one dream, you've got to go back in and dream another dream, as Joseph would begin to say. You've got to keep on dreaming, baby. Amen? And so for the last few weeks, we've been in this, and I believe that God has showed us a lot. And tonight, I want to show you something that will be beneficial just to common day, everyday life. Okay? So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. I don't know about you, I enjoyed the past series that we've been on Sunday mornings with uh, at the movies. How do you know that was not just a one-man show, but that was that took a whole team and a whole group of people. And how do you know not just people putting out, but people that were receiving? Amen? If you were part of just getting people here and just getting people part of, part of it, how do you know we need to pat ourselves on the back and just say, man, God is doing great things. Amen? 
Amen. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. I'm going to read five verses and we're going to get into some things tonight. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. And he said, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. Who did he serve? He served Potiphar. And he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put into his hand, it came to pass from that from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sakes. How many know there's some business being blessed because of you? Yeah. There's some business not being closed down and not, you're not being laid off because God is intending to bless you. They don't even realize that the blessing they have that's within the house is because you're sitting in the house. Uh, they've even tried to come against you and get rid of you, but God, but they know that if, if they ever get rid of you, their business is going to be cursed. Come on now. There are some places in your life that are being blessed because of you. It says that it, the Egyptian's house was blessed for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. I want to teach tonight called Getting the Dream in Order. Getting the Dream in Order. How many know God don't bless any kind of mess? But he can take a mess and turn it into a message. He don't take junk. He don't, he don't work in the middle. But when you begin to get things in order, when you begin to get things out of a state of confusion and out of the state of chaos, how many know the Bible says that when, when the earth was void and when, when it was with chaos, it says that the spirit hovered? How many know the spirit will always hover above chaos? It will not work in chaos. It will not work in mess. But when we begin to get things in order... How do we get things in order? We allow God to begin to speak. It says when God spoke on the first day, it says the spirit began to work. You want God to begin to operate within your dream and within your life and within your business. You've got to get the word of God within your life and begin to release the spirit to work on your behalf. What you cannot do, God can do when you get things in order. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, God, tonight. Father, we worship you, Father. Father, we thank you, God, that this dream is bigger than anything we could ever imagine, Father God. God, we just see a, a glimpse, God, a, a portion of the top of the mountain. But God, I believe that, God, you're a, a God of God of excess. God, you're a God of prosperity. God, you're a God, God of exceedingly, abundantly above, Father God. God, help us, God, to just be in, pl in the place, God. God, when you begin to pour out a blessing, Father God. God, when you begin to pour out the, the, the dream, when when you begin to pour out the vision, when you begin to pour out the purpose to destiny, Father God, that we're standing in a place of receiving, Father God, that we may run for it for the kingdom in Jesus' holy name. Amen and an amen. Look about two people beside you and just tell them, get the dream in order. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about knowing your worth of the dream. Bishop talked about how that they sold him out for the dream for $11.80. And 
And if you're not careful of not knowing the value of your dream, you'll undersell yourself every time. You've got to know the worth of what God has placed inside of you. You've got to know the worth of what God has placed inside of you. We've also begun to learn that despite circumstances, God's dream will come to pass. Despite the circumstances, God's dream will come to pass. How many you know when God places a dream within you, it's bigger than ambition? Yeah. Ambition can be ran by your feelings. It can be ran for a momentary uh, time within your life. And when circumstances get hard, you can quit the thing that's driving you. But when God places a dream within your life, when he places something that is bigger than you, you can never stop dreaming. You can never, despite the circumstance, the dream will still be down deep inside of you. There'll be a longing. There'll be a hunger. There'll be a thirst. And that's how you know it's great. Greater than ambition is divine impartation. He told Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, before I formed you, I knew you. Yeah. Before I formed you, before you, before prenatal, before you were ever starting to have toes and eyes and arms and before you ever took shape, God said, I knew you. God had a plan, and Ephesians says he foreknew you. He predestined you. And having no beyond just knowing you, he pre-knew the, the dream. He pre-knew the destiny that would be placed down inside of your life. Can I tell you something tonight? Because, because the dream is bigger than you, it will come to pass because God is in the dreams. And when God is in something, having no, just like I said before, it will come to pass, and it will not return to him void. The dream is not going to happen because of you, but it's going to happen despite you. You'll get that later. It is not going to happen because of you. It is going to happen despite of you. How do you know it's God when he gives you something so big that you know that you cannot do it yourself? And there's times where God will back you into a situation and it'll look like all things are fighting the dream. And it looks like all things are not working on your behalf. But that's when you throw up your hands and say, God, I need you to work on this thing. And that's when God steps in and says, baby, it was my dream all along. It was my divine impartation that I placed inside of you all along. But how many know there are times in your life that you will work on the outside? You will work operating outside of your dream for a moment in your life. There are seasons where, just like Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, that you'll have dreams and you'll speak and you'll let people know. But it's not the season of maturity for the dream. And so there are times in your life that you'll go through seasons where you are operating outside of the dream. Hmm. And see, the times that we operate outside the dream are, are just as important as the dream itself. Because if you don't learn to mature in the seasons of operating outside of it, that when you finally get the dream inside of your hands, when you finally get it inside of your grip, having though you'll lose it because you're not mature enough to hold on to it. The Bible says it is better for us to have obedience than to sacrifice. One thing I've learned in life, the more the 
the more obedient you are, the faster, the more accelerated things happen within your life. And so when the seasons are happening that are going on in your life, that the dream is not coming to pass, when it looks like the dream is farther away than it is closer, that's the time we got to get closer to God and say, God, help me to be obedient to whatever it is that you're trying to teach me in this season, God. God, don't keep on holding me back in this time, in this season, God. I'm tired of going through the revolving door and seeing the same tree while I'm lost on this road. God, help me to get on the path of obedience that my dream might come to pass. Uh, He told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to go from this country. Abraham, I want you to leave from this country and I don't want you to take anybody with you. I want you to leave and just go and let me lead you where you're going. But all of a sudden, we see that all of a sudden strife began to happen in the camp. And why was there strife? Because there was his his nephew Lot. And strife began to happen between the camps and between the the shepherds and all these different ones. And, And God took him in full circle. If you read chapter, the very next chapter after he left, it's almost identical. Have you ever had some times in your life that seem identical to something that happened 10 years ago? It's different people, it's different jobs, but it's the same scenario, the same scene. Why? Because what you should have learned 10 years ago, because you did not learn it, God said, instead of walking forward... I'll get you walking circles until you drop off lots and begin to be obedient until I can take you into a place of your dreams. And so during these times when we're operating outside of our dreams, God wants to show us five different things that I begin to see within these scriptures. Five different things that he wants to show us because you have to understand that in Genesis chapter 39, we, we just, we've been reading about Genesis chapter 37. We've been preaching about Genesis 37 and a couple other chapters there. But when we get to chapter 39, he's not operating in his dream. 37, he's talking about the dream. 37, he's getting the impartation of the dream. The 37, he's excited about the dream. 37, he is, he is speaking forth the vision of his dream. He, he is going through circumstances because of the dream. But when you begin to talk about chapter 39, the dream is nowhere in sight. There's no dreams at all. There's nothing that is going on outside of the dreams. And we begin to see here that, that, that Joseph had been, had been sold and was going to be killed by his brothers. They were going to be destroyed because of the dream. Every time they would see him, they'd say, here comes that dreamer. Here, here comes that dreamer. Every time he would open his mouth, he would begin to talk about the dreams. He would speak about the dreams. I, I don't know about you. Are there some people around you that every time you see them, they're talking about the same thing? I have some friends, and particularly one friend, that every time I get around him, he's always talking about what he's going to do. Yeah, what he's going to do. What is going to happen in his life. And, and in a sense, this was Joseph because he was beginning to get the impartation of the dream. And, and it's okay when you first get the dream, but it, it's not okay to be talking about what you're going to be doing. Or a, 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 as, as we were talking about in the movie Up, the stuff I'm going to do. But there's a time when you've got to turn the chapter and begin to put your nose to the ground and say, God, despite the circumstances, I'm going toward the dream. I'm not going to talk about it, but God, I'm going to be about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be about it. And so we begin to see here that he was sold. Judah uh, began to sell him and the Ishmaelites took him and began to take him into slavery. And it says they took him into Egypt. And when they got into Egypt, the Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar. They sold him to Potiphar to be in slavery. 
They sold him to be in slavery. And it says there that when he began to look at him, it says the Lord was on his life. It says that there was favor on his life. More importantly, he says there was prosperity on his life. New King James says that he was a successful man. Isn't it funny that here he is a slave, but he's prosperous. He wasn't prosperous when he was with the Ishmaelites. He wasn't prosperous when he was just a child with his father. But when he was sold into a different realm, all of a sudden the Lord got on his life and he became prosperous. But what is the one thing that we see that is different in Genesis chapter 39 that is different than Genesis chapter 37? In Genesis chapter 37, he's doing an awful lot of talking, but in Genesis chapter 39, we don't see him speaking at all. The one thing you're going to have to do when you are, 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 are developing or getting the dream in order is you're going to have to develop a new form of communication. You're going to have to do a new form of communication. How many know sometimes we're not advancing in life because of our own mouth? The Bible says it is better for a fool to hush up, not say anything at all, and appear to be wise. How many know sometimes? We don't move into a dream. We don't move into a destiny. We don't move into a promised land because of our own mouth. What is it that got the Israelites in trouble? It was their mouth that got them in trouble. It was their murmuring and complaining. It was their opening up. It was their saying certain things that got them in trouble. And God said, because of your mouth, what should have taken two weeks will now take you 40 days. Sometimes you've got to stop and say, God, is it my mouth that's keeping me from my destiny? The Bible says there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And when you get in circumstances that you do not understand, when you get in circumstances that don't, that are contrary to the dream, the best thing you can possibly do is stand still and hear the voice of the Lord. Paul began to say it like this, that when I've done everything that I know to do, just stand. And then he went on and repeated himself and he said, stand therefore, because sometimes you've got to just stop and stand still and see the salvation of of the Lord. If talking about it didn't get me anywhere back there, sometimes I've got to stop and stand still and say, God, I don't understand what you're doing, but God, I trust you. Oh, let me say this. How many know true faith is, is, is not, is not always having to understand what God is doing. (laughs) I'm going to say that again for you. Faith is not always having to understand what God is doing. When you are always having to understand what God is doing, that is called control. And having though you cannot manipulate God. 
And God says, the more you try to manipulate me, the more you try to put your man's spirit on me, the more I will back away from you because I don't move in the flesh. But just like David said, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't understand where I'm walking. It may look deathful, but I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on walking in the spirit. I'm going to keep on believing despite what I feel. I'm going to keep on walking despite what I see. And I'm going to develop a new form of communication in my life. Sometimes you see there that in Genesis chapter 37, that, that God imparted a dream in his life. But it does not say the Lord was on Joseph. <laughs> How many know there's times in your life that the Lord will be on your dream, but sometimes he won't be on you? I know that's deep. I know that's hard to understand. But there's times where he'll be on your dream, but he will not be on you. But when you know what to say and when to say it and how to say it, and sometimes just not saying anything at all, you just stand still and you know that God is working in your life. In the wise of Joshua, then when all of a sudden God spoke to him, he said, go tear down the walls of Jericho. The first thing that he commanded him to do was not go learn how to fight. God, no, don't go sharpen your, your tools. He says, but just don't say nothing. Because if y'all start talking, y'all going to mess this up. Don't, don't say anything at all because we done learned our lesson way back here in the promised land. And I know your former, I know your mommy and your daddy. I know how they mess everything up. And if you start talking, this trip is going to be around these walls and it's going to be like Groundhog Day. We'll never get away from these walls. But if you'll just hush up and have enough faith to keep on walking, having no God, when you begin to put your trust in God, despite yourself, despite your circumstances, you will see the salvation of the Lord. Lord. And every wall that's standing in front of you, God will begin to tear it down because he says what gores are in front of you. He says no man can open them and no man can shut them. But when I open up a door, no man can shut that door. And the doors you ain't supposed to go through, I'll shut those down. But keep on walking through the season. The best thing you can do is just shut up and lift your hands and say, God, I'm surrendering to you in this season. God, until my dream comes to pass. Number two, we begin to see here, it says that, that the master of the house recognized that the Lord was on Joseph's life. The master of the house recognized that the Lord was on Joseph's Life. Number two, I want to give this to you. Get around ones that can develop your gift. Get around ones that can develop your gift. We begin to see in Genesis chapter 37 that when he began to speak, his brothers didn't understand him. His brothers were furious. His bro brothers uh, took him and, 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 and tried to kill him in a pit because of the words and because of the gift, because of the things that were on his life. Can I say this to you? Because you're a dreamer, you're going to make some people mad. Everybody is not a dreamer that's around you. Some people are settlers in their life. Settlers didn't disappear hundreds of years ago with the first people that came to America. But we still have some settlers all around us. 
They've just settled into comfort. They've just settled in to sickness. They've just settled in into a mindset. They've settled into poverty. And they can't see where they're going because they're settled in today. They can't see what's in front of them because they're settled in to this moment. And more importantly, beyond the brothers, what, what, what blows my mind, because they were still brothers, they were immature, they fought. That's what brothers do. I get that. I understand that. But when he told his, his dream to the father, the father rebuked him. <laughs> because he did not understand the dreamer that was within Joseph. His own father, the place of maturity, the place of guidance, the place of, of stability within his life. It says that he rebuked him because he did not understand the dream within him. And instead of pulling him closer to him and saying, even if I don't understand you, even if I don't see what you see, I'm going to protect the dream that's within you. Because when the dream comes to fruition, what, what God does for you, God will do for me also. But he began to allow him out of his grips to where the brothers begin to try to kill him. Can I say this to you? There are some people in your life that God is wanting to release from your presence. And those are the ones we want to try to hold on to. The business partners, the co-workers, the, the family members. There are some people in your life you've got to say goodbye to. Because they are dream killers within your life. They are dream killers within your life. When you have a dream that is bigger than you, you've got to get around people that will encourage and begin to develop and begin to promote the dream that is within you. You cannot be around insecure people with a dream that scares the life out of them. But you've got to stand and begin to say, God, even if I got to stand alone until you bring someone else into my life, like Potiphar, God, got to help one day, God, despite, even if you don't bring someone in my life, God, I know that it's you that placed it here you've got to get around people that develop the thing within you don't be so upset when God is trying to pull you away from certain people we fight and we claw and I mean restraining orders on all kinds of stuff are happening because God is trying to release you from a situation you're praying for Mr. Right but you can't get away from Mr. Wrong you gotta say God thank God Mr. Wrong is wanting to go down the street leave that joker alone and go run into Mr. Right huh. you gotta begin to allow someone to develop the gift within you and isn't it funny that God allowed here Jacob was part of the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, part of the, of the fatherhood of faith. And here, even he could not see the dream within him. But God took him into a place, a, a secular place, a, a system that did not make sense within the mind. And he took him into a worldly situation that would develop the dream within you. And let me say this to you, because God is wanting to take you away from some systems. He's wanting to take you from away from some things uh, that are that are that are a mindset of the mind of the man and you've got to say god renew my mind god stretch my mind that god even ones that i don't even think are going to work on my behalf god are going to do things for me god and promote the dream that is within my life it's always the ones you don't think that will do things are the ones that will bless you and god used potiphar to begin to bless him god began to use him 
in a life. And I, can I just throw this in here as just an advertisement for the church? Thank God you're in a church that promotes your dreams. Thank God you're in a season that there's a no-fail season. Uh, Bishop don't put a, a little asterisk on it and says it's no-fail the church for the church, but it's a fail for you. Anything that can go on in your life, anything that you can dream of, there's a no-fail season going on. That God is releasing His anointing to do things in a way that, that is promoting things. I, I don't know about you, we've been here since March, and I was telling Pastor Jamie this, that, that sometimes things that take years for churches to accelerate into, in the last six months, I have seen development and acceleration happen that usually takes churches two, three, four, sometimes a decade to get into. You're in a church that is in a spirit of an acceleration. You have a pastor of a church with a spirit of a father that says, run, my child, run, my son, run, my daughter. Do everything that is within you. Even if I don't even understand it, I promote it, I push it. As long as God is in it, I'm in it. <laughs> Number three here, he begins to say in Genesis chapter 39, he says, when the Lord was on his life, it says he began to serve Potiphar. In this season, if you're not in your dream, God is having you in a season of serving. Learn to serve in this season. That's number three. Learn to serve in this season of your life. In Genesis chapter 37, we see all he can talk about is how the sheaves and the branches and all these things, the sun, the moon, are going to bow down to him. He is in a place where he is wanting to exalt himself because of the immaturity of not understanding the dreams. But God said, I'm not bringing you in this because this dream is bigger than you. This dream isn't about you. How many know some people have dreams of bigger houses and nicer cars, but that's not what God's kingdom dream is all about. God's dream is about a kingdom. God's dream is about a thing that will fulfill kingdom work all along the line. Yes, bigger houses may come. Yes, nicer cars may come. Nicer clothes may come. But despite if they don't, how many know God's kingdom dream will come to pass? And when you have a me spirit of the dream, God said, I can't work in that kind of dream. But when the dream is bigger than about you, you can say, God, I don't even got to be number one. I don't got to be number two. God, as long as I'm just on the team, baby. God, just, God, as long as I just got the jersey on. God, I, I don't even have to have the accolades, God. God, I'll be in the picture at the end anyhow. Come on now. God, as long as I'm serving in this capacity, God, just use me in this season of my life. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I come to serve. I, I come to have, you know, there's no greater example than Jesus. If Jesus said, I didn't come to serve, but I come to be served. And here you had the old crazy disciples and they were standing beside him and says, who's going to be the greatest? Who, who can sit beside you? And he says, whoever is last shall be first. He says last. That means they're still on the team. That means they're still on the roll book. That means they're still in the chapter. But even if I'm last and I'm serving, even if I'm putting myself to the side, even if I'm putting my ambition to the side, even if I'm learning to serve in another house and promoting the vision of another house, how many know you got to do what you got to do because dreams are bigger than you? Yeah. 
Oh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Your business ain't going to take off till you learn to serve. Your family ain't going to take off till you learn to serve. Baby, you want me to tell you how to fix your marriage? Start serving your, your, your spouse. Start serving them. Start, start serving them breakfast and bread. Start, start cleaning up the things that drive you crazy. Start serving them. Start having a submissive spirit and see if God don't start working on your behalf. And men, I ain't just talking to women. I'm talking to men. I'm, I'm talking to us. What I've learned is, is you, whatever you want your spouse or your, or your employees to become, you've got to become first. Uh, they're nothing but a mirror of who you are. Every time you look at your children, it's like looking into a mirror. And what you want to develop out of them, you've got to start serving underneath them. You've got to come down and just like Jesus and say, I can't serve from the throne, but I've got to come down and get myself in some dirt and begin to push my way up. And when I'm pushing others up, I'm pushing other people up with me. As I'm being resurrected, other people are being resurrected with me. Why? Because I learn to serve. Learn to serve. Number three, he says, number four, you got to learn to wait your turn. (laughs) I mean, this is the hard one. This is something we should have learned in elementary school. They put you in a line. They teach you how to stand in line. But if you're anything like me, which I'm now seeing as being passed down to my daughters and my kids, I don't like to stand in the back of the line. And I'm real good at it, too. I, I won't just be, I won't be abrupt about it. I won't just cut, but I'll, I'll slowly inch my way up talking and, you know, getting real slick. And next thing you know, I got a plate and I'm out of line. But how many know slickness don't cut it with God? <laughs> and you learn this because Jacob, Jacob was a slickster. Jacob was a thing. Jacob was a trickster. Jacob was a thing, and, and the slickness did not work with God, but God eventually had to take him and break him. And we begin to see here, even in his son Joseph, that we begin to see here that there's a next season of his life in, in Genesis chapter 40, that here he is in the prison. He went from the palace back to the prison, and God is beginning to try to show him things because here he was with the butler, and he was with the baker. He was with the butler, and he was with the baker. And all of a sudden, when he got into the prison, all of a sudden, they begin to have dreams. They begin how many of you know God will stir up gifts within other people because you're around them? God will begin to stir up gifts in other people because you are around them. They'll want to do more because you're in the room. They'll want to go farther because you are around them. And all of a sudden it says they begin to have dreams. And God began to do this for two different reasons. Because one, he was beginning to stir up the dream within Joseph again. We hadn't seen dreams for a couple chapters, but all of a sudden it says that he began to allow the dream gift begin to work within him. And he began to interpret the gifts that were within them. But all of a sudden the gift that was within them all of a sudden began to jump on them and it began to work for their life. Let me say this because remember when Mary was pregnant with, with Jesus and all of a sudden she went down to be around, uh, around Elizabeth and all of a sudden the thing within her, John the Baptist, began to jump. It began to leap because Jesus was next to her in Mary's womb. I, I don't know about you. When you get around certain people, it should make other things jump inside of people. It, it should make them jump and you shouldn't get mad over it. All of a sudden they want to do better. I mean, there's some haters and sometimes we, we know how to tell other people they're haters, but sometimes you need to look at 
in the mirror and say, God, sometimes I'm a hater myself. I, I was okay with being better than them, but God, all of a sudden now they're being better than me. And God, I know that it was because I walked into the room. I know it's because I made their baby leap inside of them. God, they weren't even dreaming before, but because they got to eat lunch with me a couple of times, because they got to work with me a couple of times, the promotion began to happen. Why? Because I made the baby jump inside of them. But you have got to begin to rejoice with those uh, that rejoice and say, baby, even if it ain't my time yet, God, my time is coming. Because we begin to see here that when the baker and the butler got out, even though they made promises and they said, when, Joseph said, when you make it big, baby, don't forget me. Have you ever said that to somebody before? When you get big, don't forget me. And all of a sudden he got out and he forgot him. For two years, he didn't even see him. For two years, he didn't speak of Joseph. But can I tell you something? Don't be mad when your neighbor's getting blessed. Don't don't be na- mad when your neighbor's getting blessed. Don't be mad because can I tell you something? When your when your neighbor's being blessed, huh, that means God is in the neighborhood, baby. Oh, yeah. And if God is in the neighborhood, that means you're next to be on the list. And and it may not be right now. It may not be this time, but your season is coming. And if you will just wait your turn, I promise you, Pharaoh will call your name from out of the prison because your gift will make room for you. And it will bring you before great men. If you can just hold on during the dark times, if you can just hold on during those times, and don't get jealous. Don't get mad. Because I'm going to tell you this, the greater your dream, the more you're going to have to see people go by you. You're going to see them doing great things. The things you dreamed of doing, God's going to give it to them. Because he wants to know, how is your attitude going to be? He wants to know, are you going to rejoice with those that rejoice? I don't know about you, when somebody gets a car and you've been wanting a car, you ought to just go buy them an air freshener and say, I just wanted to rejoice with you. I, I just wanted to rejoice with with you. If you've been wanting a baby and everybody around you is having babies, I dare you just to go buy them some baby clothes. Just go buy them some diapers and just say, I'm rejoicing with you. My time is coming. My my time is coming. I may not have my house right now, but my house is coming. I may not have the ministry I want, but baby, it is coming. I may not have the husband I want. I may not have the wife I want, but baby, my time is coming. Look at two people around you and Tell them your time is coming. Your your time is coming. Number five, he begins to say here to him, and we see this in Genesis chapter 43, uh, that when Joseph finally steps into the portion of the dream and he is called to be second in charge of, of, of Egypt, all of a sudden his brothers come to him and his brothers don't know who he is. <laughs> they don't even recognize him. Oh, one of my favorite sayings is, I don't look like what I'm going through. Yeah. And I got that. I'll just tell you where I got that from. There was a woman at our cancer center that I see her week after week going through chemo treatments. I see her week after week going through things that I've seen destroy other people. <laughs> but she's never lost a hair. She's never lost weight. And one day she looked at me and she said, Rich, I just want to tell you, I don't look like what I'm going through. Can I tell you something? You don't look like what you're going through. You don't look like people don't even recognize. They know you for the sickness. They know you for the problems. But let me tell you something. You don't look like what you're going through. You're going to shine on the outside of this. So much so people aren't even going to recognize you. 
And so we begin to see as the brothers didn't recognize him. And, and he began to say, he couldn't take it any longer. He said, go tell the servants. He said, I want you to fill their bags to capacity. He said, I want you to give them everything that they can carry home. He said, I want you to fill it up with food and with, with money, so much so to everything that they, that they can't even carry at home. It just Everything they can take in their arms, give it to them. Number five, I want to tell you this. He's learning to enlarge your capacity in this season. The prison, the, the pit, the slavery, the being sold, the almost being killed was because God was strengthening Joseph for the dream. If he would have gave him the dream in the beginning, it would have killed him. But when he made him wait, it strengthened him. It made him hunger for it more. It made him thirst for it more. To where it isn't just a thought, but it's all I can think about. And by the time I got there, I can handle what God has placed in front of me. He's enlarging your tents. He's enlarging your territory. You just don't know it. You think God is trying to break you, but can I tell you something? You ain't been broke down yet. It may have been fell. It may have felt like you were being broken. It may have felt like you couldn't have taken any more. You even begin to quote the scriptures. God, if you put anything on me, God, I'm going to break. But how do you know God said, I can't put anything more on you than what you can hold. But what God is trying to do is strengthen you in this time. In the time where you feel the weakest. In the time where you feel the most sick. In the time where you feel like you're going to lose your mind. God said, all I'm doing is strengthening your capacity. When I finally give you the dream in your hands, you can pick it up and run with it with no struggle. Everything I've put you through. Everything I've allowed you to go through. Every sickness, every argument, every place of rejection, every time you've been sold out, every time you've been talked about, every time you've been hated on, it's because I was building something within you that the dream was going to last forever. I didn't I was building you privately. I was building you in a time that was a private situation that when you finally come to a public dismay, you wouldn't fumble that thing. You wouldn't trip over a thing, but you would run for the glory of Jesus Christ and say, look what my Savior has done. Can somebody give God some praise and begin to say, God, enlarge my capacity, enlarge my territory, enlarge everything that is within me, God. God, even when I feel weak, God, even when it feels like things are tearing me apart, even when tears are coming down my face, even when I'm misunderstood and when I misunderstand you, God, just let me know that God in my weakness you were making your strength perfect in my life God you were enlarging my territory you were enlarging my capacity every time you held me back it's because you're going to enlarge my future you're going to hold me to a place that God is going to blow my mind you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above everything that I can ask or think if you would stand with me tonight Joseph, when he saw the dream, I guarantee he never saw how far he would go. <laughs> he didn't see the palace. Yeah, yeah. He didn't see the palace. He, he didn't even know the palace was coming. He didn't even know the palace was coming. <laughs> All he knew was God was going to use him one day for great things. But can I tell you something? During this season of your life, whatever the season is, 
If you're still hoping, if you're still longing, if you're still hungry, God said, get the dream in order. Get the dream in order. God, work on my mouth. Let me learn to serve. God, put me around ones that are going to develop me during this time. Can I tell you something? You don't know it all. (laughs) You don't know it all. And there's always somebody that knows more than you. And can I tell you something? If you're the smartest person in your circle, if you're the smartest person, you need to find some people that you're the dumbest around. Yeah, yeah. I don't always want to be smarter than everybody that's around me. But I got to get around some folk that are smarter than me, that blow my mind, that, that, that stretch me in a way that I, that, that I ain't been stretched before. God, during this time, God, begin to enlarge my capacity. Help me to wait my turn. God, when it's my turn, God, no man can shut that door. Let's raise our hands just for a few minutes and we'll be dismissed. Father God, help us tonight. Got five things to put some things in order. God, when I think about the word five, I think about the the, the word grace. God, you've given us the grace for this dream to happen. God, it's nothing that we can do. It's even despite us, but God, it's what you can do. Father God, I worship you tonight. God, everything that's out of order within our lives, God, bring it back into alignment. Everything that's out of alignment in my spirit, in our spirits, Father God, put it back in alignment. Put it back in alignment. That God, when when we finally get to the dream, Father God, we run with it. Failure is not a word any longer. Failure is not a word any longer. I'm going to say this and I'm done. I feel this in my spirit. Somebody needs to get this out of their vocabulary. Failure is not a word. I don't care how much you failed before. You're never going to fail again. Failure is not an option any longer. I may have to stand still, but I, I, I promise you I won't go backwards any longer. Failure is not an option any longer. Father, we worship you tonight. Father, we praise you. Father, we worship you. Father, in Jesus' name. I dare you just to put your hands together and just begin to praise God as Bishop comes tonight. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to worship him right there where you're at. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God. That's awesome work tonight. Amen. Praise God. In serving others that we'll see our dream fulfilled. That's the secret that Joseph learned. He learned how to fulfill other people's dreams on his way to his destination. Amen? And whenever he was faithful in doing that, then God blessed him. I don't say a whole lot about it, but that's one thing that I've learned myself. Uh, I may be the leader of this church, but I don't know everything. And I, I, I serve other people. There's two other people 
in my life that I told, tell them. I said, that you'll never do your dream alone. Whatever you need, I'll serve you. I'll help you to fulfill that dream and that destiny because there's things in their life that I need in mine to fulfill the purpose and the call of God. And so I thank you tonight for the word of the Lord. Praise God. And we're just going to keep on pushing on it and uh, keep the dream alive because God has been speaking to me. I told you over the past several weeks about dreams and about favor. 